Hey, 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 what's up, you guys? My name's Mimi, and you're listening to Human Dialectic, and this is the Dialectic Bulletin series where I discuss what I believe should be essential or important for your development or, or simply your awareness. So if you are a returning listener, you know the drill here. But if you're new, if you're new, buckle up because we are going to go through a lot of articles in the next hour. If you are somebody who gets sensitive, maybe you shouldn't be here because I'm not going to be mincing any words at all. So let's get right into it. I actually was struggling to figure out what the headline should be for today's episode. And I decided that it was going to be about Johnny Depp. Now, I don't typically talk about pop culture on this podcast unless it has something useful along the lines of us understanding if this is some type of distraction or whatever the hell is going on that the elites are doing to make us not look in another direction. But I think there are some little nuggets about this particular trial. And I'm going to put a spin on this because I think there are some key lessons we can learn from this trial. I do want to mention that I actually discovered this whole Johnny Depp trial. Again, I don't pay attention to what's on social media because I don't really have social media accounts. I learned about this Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case because my doctor told me about it. And I realized that the trial was taking place in D.C. It literally is right around the corner from me, like the courthouse. So I was blown away. I was like, wait a minute, why is it being held in D.C.? And she mentioned that Amber was doing an article or at least was interviewing with a reporter at The Washington Post, another garbage publication. And when Johnny heard that there was this article that was going to be released, I, I think she was promoting a book of some sort, he sued her. And the actual article, again, I might be butchering this because I did not bother to really go into too much depth. This is just from word of mouth. All of the evidence is in the Washington Post servers, which are held in Virginia. So I got a little interested about this case because the things that were coming out of Johnny's mouth, you know, his testimony about this woman, his ex-wife, I think they're ex exes now, is insane. Now, I'm not going to go into details about the, the salacious activities that have, have taken place in that marriage, a two-year marriage. But I wanted to bring this to the attention of the men. Okay, so here's lesson number one. Men, I understand that, or at least for some of you who are still attracted to women, that a woman is one of the most beautiful things that you have ever laid eyes on, okay? You are ingrained to chase a woman that you really want. And I get it, especially if she is soft on the eye, she's attractive. Yes, everybody has a certain traits that they are looking for, physical traits. Amber Heard is sort of the Hollywood or societal take on what is deemed beautiful. However, when I heard that she 
took a dump in their bed to piss him off. When I heard how violent she was to Johnny, how abusive she was to Johnny, you know, that is really, really alarming to me. And that should tell you that it doesn't matter how good looking somebody is, man or woman, if their character is trash, if they're two-faced, if they have a horrible, horrible personality, they are not attractive at all. So this message is to all you men out there who fall for a woman because she is physically attractive. You need to be careful. Very, very careful. You know, I'm pretty sure Johnny felt like he scored a freaking touchdown with Amber and she ended up being the worst thing that he could have possibly ever come across. And I believe the man was still a drug addict, or at least he was dealing with substance abuse. And she was also taking advantage of that too. So it is sad to see the state of men who are willing to accept this type of abuse. Now, here's the other thing. We have this mindset, this mentality that men are typically the abusers. But this case raised that Amber, a woman, a woman who is deemed attractive by society, is an abuser. And this should be clear to everybody that there should not be stereotypes as to what is deemed an abuser in terms of like physical stereotypes. It could be a man or a woman. And just as I continue to do more research on human trafficking, women can also traffic as well. Women can also abuse and rape children as well. As sad as it is, it is absolutely true. But I think the real takeaway, even though we learn that Hollywood is absolute gutter trash, we learn that you cannot put celebrities on a pedestal. We learned that Women can be just as abusive or even worse than men because they want to be deemed as the victim when in fact they are the victimizer. I've learned that the justice system, well, I mean, I haven't learned. I just know for a fact. But a lot of people are learning that the justice system leans heavily towards women. And it's destroying a lot of men. Women who would say that they were raped by a man, but don't even prove anything. I mean, look at what happened with the Me Too movement. You had women coming out who had a bad situation with a a colleague, a, a male colleague, or they went on a bad date or something happened. All right. And they wanted to get back at the man. All you have to do as a woman is say that a man raped you or abused you. And guess what? You've destroyed his life. This is what our society is right now. And I think we're swinging in the other direction because for some odd reason, a lot of people are paying attention to this Johnny Depp trial. I mean, I wasn't until somebody told me. But there seems to be a lot of support for Johnny. And I, again, I don't have a dog in this fight. It's not going to benefit me. But I think it is a reflection of what we are seeing in the justice system and also this crumbling narrative that we must always believe a woman. We almost we must always believe the victim, especially if she's a woman. And nobody wanted to believe Johnny. And you know, this is the second time that he's actually suing her. But I just believe that the justice system is 
seriously out to destroy men. I mean, I've heard of cases where men wanted to be a good father. They they are literally supporting the child or the children and the mother of the children will simply make up lies to destroy the man. And typically what happens is the judge sides with the woman. Even if there is pure evidence that this woman should not have custody of the kids. And that's just one example. Again, the other example is when a woman goes to social media, she doesn't file a police report, but she goes to social media to say, hey, this individual raped me or he abused me. And then she has these very questionable pictures online and then people want to take sides. But guess what? The man's life has been destroyed. And I don't know why men are not suing women when they lie and they've been confronted. You need to start suing women. And I'm a woman as well, but I think that women need to be held accountable if they lie. Because what happens is that they're screwing the true victims who are being abused. They can't go to the police because talk about their experience because they think that they're going to be vilified. So you have these stupid women, these cowards who are just doing things out of malintent and they're destroying the credibility of all these other victims, these true victims. That is the situation that we're living in right now. The justice system was never designed to be a fair place. I don't know what's going to happen as a result of this trial. Then again, I'm not that far from the courthouse, but I thought that was very, very fascinating. And I also find it very fascinating as well that people are just so easily distracted. I mean, we were talking about Ukraine a couple weeks ago. Everybody felt compelled to provide their support. And then you had Coachella, Coachella, Coachella. People were at Coachella for two weekends in a row, totally forgot about what was going on in Ukraine all over the world. Then you have the Johnny Depp, Amber Heard case. So people are just not aware of what's going on. So you want the real news? I'm going to give you the real news. But I just, I wanted to talk about the Johnny Depp case because it's more than just this violence between two adults in a marriage or a former marriage I should say I I do believe that there's this systematic destruction between men and women whether Johnny Depp wins or or whatever the case it's it's being displayed for the entire world to see and to consume and I don't know if people are are actually taking any lessons from this. I don't know if they are realizing how corrupt the justice system is, how women during the Me Too movement, a lot of them have lied. I just don't know if it's resonating with this audience or even anybody who's even paying attention to the case. I'm not going to pay attention after the fact, but I mean, I will determine or at least see what the determination is. But I mean, Coachella, Coachella, Coachella. Everyone is just ready for the summertime, even though prices are going up. Inflation is hitting us like crazy. That's the state of where we are right now. It's like we can't stay focused on one thing and try and address that one thing, which is actually sort of a great segue into the next headliner because I could not decide which one would be the one to to discuss. So while people are focused on Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, 
there's articles of food plants that are being destroyed. Now, you have to go back to 2021 because this is when we started to see, remember, the cyber attacks that were affecting these meat plants. And now we are actually having physical destruction to properties that are tied to processing food, these these food processing facilities. So here's an article that I'm going to read really quickly to kind of give you a refresher about this timeline of events. This isn't something that just happened sort of overnight. This has been happening since last year. It just hasn't been getting a lot of media attention. And I am guilty because even though I may have heard these things now that I'm reading about what took place last year, there's just so much information that things just fall through the cracks. So the article begins, there has been an outbreak of fires in food processing facilities across the nation in the last six months as food prices soar and supply chains are stressed to their limits. The fires began showing up regularly in the news after a fire closed a Tyson Foods meat processing plant in Kansas. The location was a primary beef processing location for the company, and the U.S. supply chain providing about 6% of U.S. beef. After the fire, analysts began speculating that the impact could drive up market prices for meat nationwide. Dan Norsini, part of the beef and poultry trading markets, said the cattle market would likely respond negatively to the news of the fire. He said the long-term impact would depend on how long the plant stays closed. Just days later... In August of 2021, the Patak meat processing facility burned near Atlanta. The media took notice because the family-owned business is loved, beloved in its community locally, and its products are purchased nationwide. The fire in Georgia barely had a minor impact on the food supply chain nationwide. But in September, a fire at JBS USA, a meat processing facility in Nebraska, threatened the meat supply for the entire nation profoundly. The plant reportedly processes about 5% of the nation's beef, and a closure would directly impact the supply chain. The trend has continued repeatedly through the end of 2021 and into 2022. In February, Shears Food Processing Plant in Hermanston, Oregon, burned down, leaving two employees injured. On April 13th, Taylor Farms Food Processing Plant in Salinas, California, burned and prompted evacuations. On April 19th, the headquarters of Azure Standard Food Processing Plant in in Dufer, Oregon, also burned. People are beginning to notice because the fires are threatening an already stressed supply chain of the food in the U.S. The trend continues. On March 16th, a massive fire wiped out much of a Walmart fulfillment center in Plainfield, Indiana, The event was severe enough to warrant the ATF to investigate. Another incident occurred on April 11th at New Hampshire's East Conway Beef and Pork when a fire so large broke out that it took respondents 16 hours to extinguish. At least 16 such disasters have taken place at food processing facilities nationwide. While most of the incidents have shown no foul play after investigation, that is a lie, The trend presents a curious string of events across the country. Now, I'm wondering why would that not present itself as foul play? 
I think the real question is who's setting these processing plants on fire and why wouldn't the federal government get involved to investigate? I mean, they have one particular location, Walmart, um, a Walmart fulfillment center where ATF was called in. But don't you think that this would be, I don't know, like national security? Should we not be investigating this? But the Biden administration does not feel as if it is necessary to investigate. But again, I'm basically answering my questions here because I already know that they're not going to do anything. Now, do we know who's doing it? No, but this seems like a very coordinated effort. And we already know that the elites want to break the United States. They keep talking about severe supply chain issues, that there's going to be starvation So it's getting really, really intense, you guys. I mean, if you're not preparing, and I know I keep mentioning that a lot, and you're probably sick and tired of it, but I'm hoping that maybe one day you'll realize that maybe today is the day that you need to start preparing for what is about to come. Because I don't think that this is going to be good. A lot of people are being distracted by other things, and this is what's going on. And it's not being reported. I mean, I, I will I will play a brief news clip because this is not something that is being promoted anywhere else in the mainstream media. But I know some maybe handful of anchors are talking about it, but they're not trying to bring a lot of attention to this because it would cause a panic. Yes, a panic. People will run to the banks. They'll you'll you'll basically see what took place in 2020, remember, like, I think it was like February to March before we went into lockdown, what was taking place in a lot of these grocery stores, they're not going to talk about this. They don't want that. They want to catch you off guard. So just remember who your enemy is. The enemy is essentially the families of the Illuminati, NWO, New World Order, the World Economic Forum, they all want a famine. They all want to starve you to death. And they have a very, very hard goal of getting people to, or at least the global population, to 500,000 by 2030. They are hell-bent in getting it done. And a quick way of getting rid of people is to starve them out. I hate to just bluntly tell you all of this but if you read their papers and they put it out there and the reason why they put it out is due to the karmic laws and they understand this and that is because we are not dealing with humans right they understand that they need to tell you and because you have free will you have free will to obviously accept the information process it do something about it or do nothing at all Doing nothing is an act. It is an action. That is your free will. So if you choose not to prepare, if you choose not to fight back, then you are going to be the one that will have to deal with the karmic laws or at least deal with the karma as a result of this. Now, I have been saying that they are planning a cyber attack because they've been having some drills. Yes, they, they introduced this idea of a possible cyber attack in in 2020. Klaus Schwab 
pretty much facilitated that uh, workshop or session um, conference, I should say. And now this year, they're having an increased number of cybersecurity drills. I'm telling you guys, like, this is not going to be fun, but we have to get through this. You have to be ready. You have to be prepared. At least you have awareness as to what is going on and who is manipulating our systems, who is manipulating or at least touching our supply chains, trying to block any type of resources that we need to survive. The rest of the public will not know and they will descend straight into hysteria. It will be chaos. And I hope that you are not going to be in the major cities when this happens. I'm preparing as well, but I'm not going to divulge too much. So I'm not going to sit here and preach to you and not do what I am telling you to do. I'm doing what I need to do. It's just taking a little bit of time, but I hope you guys are making some moves as well because I think the door is closing. On a separate note, even though I do want to move into the news in different regions, I understand that Elon Musk bought Twitter. Okay. And has the world changed? I know that the Twitter employees are having meltdowns, but I think the Twitter employees need to realize that they could end up being like the Netflix of tomorrow, where even though Twitter people do not subscribe, they will just simply abandon Twitter. I don't know if that's going to happen. They will be out on the streets looking for a job. Okay, the people at Netflix thought that they were just immune to everything that was happening. And when they realized that people were unsubscribing, that hits Netflix's bottom line. They have to let go of people. And all that social justice warrior crap that you're doing, trying to virtual signal, trying to act as if you are the holy one is going to get you in a lot of trouble. So I don't know what the state of Twitter will be. I don't even use Twitter. I personally do not even care. I don't think that Elon Musk is on the good side. So I don't know why people are thinking that he is here to save freedom of speech. But whatever. I'm just going to observe and see what unfolds. And I'm not going to talk about that any longer. You can say I am being a very pessimistic individual. Fine. I'm pessimistic. But I obviously do not put other human beings on the pedestal because I don't know Elon Musk personally, and I don't know what his true agenda is, even though he has mentioned in the past that he wants to put chips in our brains. He thinks that, uh, you know, we could be a little bit more advanced. I'm just not going to fall for somebody who speaks that way. All right. So we're going to move on to reviewing regional news one chaotic region to another. And we will begin in Europe because there's a lot going on in Europe. So I'm going to start off with this first article about this missing American who was very critical to Zelensky. He's actually in Ukraine and people thought that he had died. Now, who am I speaking of? Chilean-American blogger Gonzalo Lyra, who went missing in the Ukrainian city of Kharkov, 
I hope I pronounced that correctly, a week ago and has appeared online on Friday, revealing that he'd been held by the Ukrainian security service. So I have played audio from him in one of the Dialectic Bulletin um, episodes, and he was very clear about what Putin was doing and what the U.S. media was showing and wasn't showing. And I'm glad that he was found, but he was arrested for speaking out. So glad that he's okay. But he says that he is a little rattled and a bit discombobulated. So it's great that he's alive, but he needs to be very, very careful. Moving on to France. So if you heard the news, um, <laughs> Macron won. Yeah, he won. I mean, after all of the abuse that the French went through, they voted for him. Now, I don't know if the French really voted for him, but uh, Le Pen conceded and she accepted the defeat. I truly don't even know what to say anymore. I, again, we are not here to put people on pedestals. There is one concerning thing. There may have been some other questionable things, but I read that she was going to send support to Ukraine. She had some issue, felt that that Russia and Putin should be punished. That is a bit concerning because that falls in line with what the globalists are trying to do. Again, I don't know if that is actually true, but that is what I read. However, this is the second time, maybe the third time of her running. and She was not able to beat Macron. Again, Macron is a Rothschild protege. He went through the Rothschild University and he was groomed, literally groomed by his wife and also by the Rothschilds to be in the position that he's in. So I don't know how we're going to be able to beat these installed leaders because that's what's happening. They're also manipulating with the votes. So I really don't know what the fate of France will be. But I mean, it's no different than the UK or Germany or Italy, Spain, the US, Canada. I mean, if you are a Western civilized nation, you are going to be two steps from hell. That's exactly where everyone is going. Now for this next headline, I'm a little confused why Turkey is even getting involved here. So Turkey blocks Russian flights to Syria. So they basically closed airspace to Russia's military planes and even to civilian planes going to Syria and carrying soldiers. So the the minister added that permission to fly troops through Turkish airspace has been granted to Russia in three month blocks, with the most recent run most recent one running out this month. So that is his reasoning, but I don't understand why Turkey's getting into these affairs as well. Supermarkets limit cooking oil purchases due to Ukrainian crisis. See. This is what's happening. And if we don't recognize this, it's going to become the new normal. Major British supermarket chains have limited how much cooking oil customers can purchase. Cooking oil. A move attributed to shortages and subsequent changes in consumption patterns resulting from the conflict in Ukraine. 
So when there are sanctions or there are specific diplomatic moves that were supposed to hurt the receiving nation, it ends up backfiring and hurting those who thought they were immune or had nothing to do with it. You can see all the consumer prices are, are going up. And now there's this whole rationing, rationing that's happening. So if you're wondering which British supermarket it is, it is Tesco. Tesco, Morrison's and upmarket chain Weight Rose all confirmed to the media having introduced a cap on the number of cooking oil bottles a customer can purchase. This is wild to me. Very wild. Also in the lovely nation of United Kingdom, one man was stabbed and 10 others received minor injuries in a knife attack in Bedworth. You see, I had read another article about a man who had his head hacked off with a machete. Okay, (laughs) that's what happens in London. I mean, here in the States, we complain about guns. In the UK, they don't have guns. They have machete attacks. People's heads are just being cut off. People are just being stabbed. But I don't see the United Kingdom taking knives away. I don't know what to say. I really don't know what to say. But that is that is just the new normal in the UK. Poland suffers second mind blast in a week. Austria explains why it can't ban Russian gas. Unbelievable. Austria cannot afford to ban imports of Russian gas as part of sanctions on Moscow. Its finance minister Magnus Brunner has said. Many Western states, including members of the EU, have imposed sweeping economic restrictions on Russia in response to its military campaign in Ukraine. Brunner told CNN on Friday that his country supports all sanctions on Moscow, but not the gas embargo. Moving on, Afghan refugees evicted to make room for Ukrainians. So this is happening in Germany. Germany is reportedly struggling to keep on top of its refugee commitments. Afghan refugees in Berlin are being moved from their accommodation centers to make room for Ukrainians fleeing the ongoing conflict in their country, according to a recent report in Foreign Policy magazine. Those affected are shuffled to apartments, repurposed hotels and homeless shelters as authorities struggle to accommodate tens of thousands of people. What is happening to Germany? Like, I know we have a very similar situation with refugees coming to the U.S. Our issue is actually we we don't even have a border. Like, people are just flooding the south of our border and nobody knows where they're going. But Germany, Germany, I, I don't know what to say. Like, I mean, how many refugees can they accept I'm, I'm going to move on to another article. Assange extradition order is issued by the UK court. The Australian-born journalist is facing an effective life term in American prison if the decision is signed off by Home Secretary. He's just being used as a tool. He's being used as an example. I mean, I'm even surprised that he's still alive given his health deterioration and not being able to receive vitamin D from the sun. I mean, you guys, it's really bad. I mean, he even had a stroke a couple months ago. 
I know people wonder sometimes if he is just part of this global narrative to be a distraction. I personally don't know. But the way that he's being treated, it makes you wonder if he truly is a good person. Is he one of the good guys? We'll never know, you guys. We'll never know. EU can't survive a week without Russian gas, according to Moscow. The embargo would be felt in EU next winter, French president says, but Moscow claims this forecast is too optimistic. Of course, Macron. Macron warned that the European Union would not be able to survive next winter without Russian gas. Meanwhile, former Russian head of the state is even more categorical. In his view, Europe would be unable to get through a week without Russian gas. So that's actually quite interesting. Very, very interesting. And again, you know, allegedly the French people voted Macron back in. That is what you get. You know, I mean, we're in a bad situation here, too. I'm not trying to be judgmental. I'm just saying that we're all going to be screwed. We're all going to be freaking screwed. Now, it can't get any worse than what we're seeing in Italy. Italy is to pilot a social credit system for climate friendly behavior. Yes. So the city of Bologna, Italy, has announced a pilot program to reward virtuous citizens for recycling, taking public transportation and curbing energy usage. The program, which has been likened to China's social credit system, is slated to go into effect in September of 2022 using a smart citizen wallet app for cell phones. So once again, when you thought that we were going to have a break, they deceive us by giving us some time to kind of scale back, not to protest much because it was getting heated last year. And now they are slowly introducing this credit score. We know that the vaccine passports might come back. We need to be on our toes. We cannot be on our heels. So they're just giving us a break for the time being. And then they're going to just creep back up without even us even, even knowing. So that is what's happening in Europe. I can't sit here and mince words. I'm not here to try and depress you. That is the reality. So if you don't want reality, then you can go back to your fantasy world. We're now going to move on to Asia. We're going to look at Asian news here, starting with Taiwan. Details of Taiwanese um, missile and drone program emerges. So Taiwan is working on bunker busting missiles and new attack drones. Routers reported on Friday, citing a document presented to Parliament this week by the military-owned National Changshan Institute of Science and Technology. Now, I wonder where they were able to engineer missiles and drones. Very, very interesting. Kim Jong-un pens farewell letter to South Korean leader. I really do think that, I mean, every one of these leaders are puppets, but King Jong-un just does not show qualification to me. I know that he inherited this position. Oh, man. King Jong-un has thanked outgoing South Korean President Moon Jae-in 
for his historic work to improve the relations between the two neighbors. Moon steps down next month to be replaced by conservative president-elect Yoon Suk-yeol, who has signaled that he will take a tougher line on North Korea. That's quite fascinating. So now we're going to move to Australia. Now, I thought things were calm in Australia, but it seems like, no, that is not the case. Dan Andrews is due to stand down thousands of teachers tomorrow, which would essentially be April 27th for Australia, for failing to get a COVID-19 booster shot. So thousands of teachers across Victoria are due to be stood down and essentially for the U.S. that would mean laid off on Thursday for not getting a third COVID-19 jab. Victoria and the Northern Territory are the only states to mandate a booster shot for teachers. All staff are required to have three doses of a COVID-19 vaccine unless they have a medical exemption by April 28th. So Andrews, who I thought went into hiding, comes out again and is now demanding that these teachers, thousands, not hundreds, thousands of teachers will essentially be laid off. I don't know if it's unpaid leave. I don't know what stood down means, but it sounds very similar to laid off, unpaid leave, some equivalents here in the U.S. Principals say that the permanent loss of thousands of teachers due to vaccination mandates is heightening staff shortages in schools across the state. So it's about control. It's about power and control. It's not about the kids. It's not about safety. They want you to get that shot. They don't care if it destroys society. They want you to get that shot. And sadly, there are still people who actually believe that that shot was made to be the lifesaver of humanity. Moving along to Canada, and I also thought Canada was laying low. I did read something about motorcyclists who were going to do something similar to the truckers protest, but I'm not sure if that is actually true. But that's what I read, that they were going to do something similar to the trucker protest. So not sure if that's uh, correct. I don't know if it happened. I didn't see anything, but I could be wrong. So in Canada, a house in Canada now costs nearly twice what it does in the U.S. So I don't know if I feel better, but that is crazy. And Canada has a population probably a little bit smaller than California. American home buyers can take small comfort. It's far worse up north. I don't know if that is a good thing to, to say, but it, it sucks because Canada is really socialized. There are caps on how much money you can make unlike here in the U.S. And that is very, very concerning, especially when you're, if you are working for the federal government. So, for example, if you're a doctor, you know that there's socialized health care. You will be taxed. And this is what I was told several years ago, so it may have changed. If you were making more than, I think it was $199 or $299, I think it had to have been $199, you were put in a tax bracket where 
I think it was like 30 or 40 percent of your income was taxed. So you had several doctors who didn't want to make anything beyond 199 because it just didn't make any sense. 40 percent, 30, 40 percent of your income tax gone to the federal government. So even though it may seem like things, even though they're saying that the housing market is probably worse in Canada, the situation is very dire because Canadians just are not able to have that upward mobility. And there are caps on on income depending on what industry you're working in, what your um, profession is. It's really bad. So the Canadian housing market is even more ludicrously expensive than the U.S.'s, with the nation's home prices recently reaching a new record high, which puts the average housing cost at almost double that of America's. Since early 2020, Canadian home prices have surged 30%, an increase which is nothing short of stunning. Economist Robert Hogue wrote for a recent Royal Bank of Canada report As of February, the Canadian Real Estate Association reported that the average price of a Canadian home stood at 816, oh my gosh, I'm like, I I can't even believe this, 816,000 Canadian dollars, or in American dollars, 646,809. So this is over nine times the average household income. I don't even know how anybody does this. In contrast, the U.S. has been has seen slightly lower price increases, with home prices rising 27% over the same period Fortune previously reported. In America, the median home price last month stood at 375000 an all-time high and a 15% rise from a year prior. I don't know how Canadians are doing this. I don't even know how they're surviving. But I do know it's a bit complex because Chinese are actually buying property as well. So when you're talking about income, that's one factor. You talk about a socialized government, that's another factor. And then you have a situation where you have non-Canadian citizens buying property and essentially increasing the price of the markets in that area. And yet they don't even live there. They're just buying property. And I know that there are a lot of Chinese who buy property in Canada. I've even been told that the Chinese are even owning some of the supermarkets out there in Canada. Like everything is just, at least specifically in Toronto, I can't speak for the rest of of the country, but specifically in Toronto, there are so many Chinese-owned stores And nobody wants to talk about that. But we're already seeing some of those patterns here in the U.S. where becoming a first-time homebuyer is essentially being pushed out. Like it's not even attainable to some degree. And we're going to begin to see people who are going to be kicked out of their homes. Again, BlackRock is buying as much property as possible. They're inflating the market price for homes or of homes. It's getting real serious, you guys. So you got to start seeing the patterns here. There are a lot of patterns. And that's why I pick these news articles because you will begin to see 
what is going to unfold in the future. All right. So we've gone all over the world and we're going to come back to the U.S. We're going to come back to the U.S. What's going on in the U.S.? Now, I do want to mention that we had the New York City subway shooter. And I've noticed that this topic just dropped off completely. I don't know if it's because we discovered that it was a black man and the news media did not want to touch it. But I've also noticed in the truther community, they just dropped it as well, too. Nobody's trying to investigate what's going on. So what's going on? I'm a little confused. Do we not think that this is worthwhile exploring? I don't know. I don't know. Some people were thinking that it was fake. And then I just know that the media was not able to do anything about it because it was a black man. So they needed to brush it under the rug. So I I truly think that it was a lone shooter who went crazy. I do believe that there were people who were hurt. But I just haven't seen anything come out of this. It's just like it never happened. So I, I find it kind of strange. But I just wanted to bring it up because nobody's talking about it. I could talk about it, but I'm curious as to why nobody else is talking about it. CNN. CNN. CNN imploded with CNN Plus. I am going to say one thing about that. They should fire essentially all of leadership, anyone who approved to do CNN Plus, anyone who was supposed to be doing market research and provided the assessment to the teams, anyone who participated in some degree to the creation of CNN Plus. How can you spend $300 million and it just implodes like that? I mean, this is not a government body. This is a private sector, even though they are funded to some degree. They get money from the government. I I have no words to, to, to describe the disaster of that rollout. I mean, it didn't even last 30 days. Not much to say about CNN Plus other than RIP. Now, I did want to read a very interesting article. I mean, I want to get away a little bit from a lot of the war. The It's not really dark news. Yeah, it is kind of depressing. But I wanted to, to throw a little random article in here because I thought that this was a, a fascinating thing. Why U-Haul trucks all have Arizona license plates. So this is a... This was an interesting thing because we are beginning to see people moving. We know that there are a lot of movers moving away from the larger cities into some sun belts, some warmer places, cheaper places. So as you are driving and you see U-Haul trucks, here's a very interesting fact here. There are around 175,000 white and orange U-Haul rental trucks in the United States and Canada for do-it-yourself movers. And they all have something strange in common. Arizona license plates with the word apportioned slapped on them. The reason? An esoteric agreement between the 48 continental U.S. states, Washington, D.C., and all 10 Canadian provinces determining how big rigs and other commercial vehicles that travel across state lines divvy up billions of dollars of license plate registration fees. So at the end of the day... It is about money. 
So it's about the license plate fees. So if a, if a truck was crossing borders that could be state borders or uh, country borders, there needs to be a fee. And these vehicles need special permission to travel across state lines and have to pay higher licenses fees, sorry, license fees, often upwards of $1,000 a year. So these apportionable vehicles are registered and licensed under what's known as the International Registration Plan, IRP, an agreement created between the states in the 1970s. Okay, I'm not going to bore you anymore, but there's just one more thing I want to hit on this because I find this fascinating. It's, It's just me. I like to find quirky facts about our world, but maybe it's not entertaining you. So let me just wrap this up. The IRP allows commercial trucks traveling within the United States and Canada to use one state issued license plate and registration card, but requires operators to pay fees to other states based on how many miles they drive in them and their weight. Some companies keep track of miles manually, while others use GPS systems. So that's why U-Haul is constantly asking you how many miles do you intend to pursue? I always used to think, why the hell are they asking about miles? But this is why they they ask. So I know this is so out of the ordinary, but rather than continuously dropping negative news, I wanted to throw something a little random in there. Maybe you can impress your your family, your friends, uh, maybe they don't, they don't care, but you learned something. So let me get back to the news because that's probably what you really want to hear. All right, get ready because it's going to just go downhill from here. Ohio school board president resigns after being busted in a to catch a predator style YouTube sting. So if you're not able to decipher what that headline is saying, This president, John Gray, we're not going to hide identities here. We're going to expose these people. Goshen local schools president John Gray was caught by volunteer pedophile exposers while allegedly allegedly trying to meet someone that he believed to be an 11-year-old girl. Gray drove three hours to Randolph County, Indiana. Mind you, he's in Ohio and he drove three hours where he hoped to meet the person that he was led to believe was a young child. I have mentioned this before. These predators are in close proximity of our children, all of our children. They're in the schools. They're running the boards. They're online. I really need people to wake up. It's almost on a daily basis. Predators are being caught at at a very, very high rate but I don't know if people care. Don't know. Washington Post's Lorenz on libs of TikTok expose. For all we knew, this could have been a foreign actor. So you heard about this mess with this so-called columnist journalist. I don't even want to call her journalist, but uh, she revealed the identity of the so-called libs of TikTok And of course, she got dragged through the mud for that. And she felt like she was a victim. But see, that's the problem. I've noticed that a lot of Washington Post so-called journalists, they're not journalists. Okay, we know that they are prostitutes. They don't want to say that they are definitely prostitutes because they would not be getting any type of news feed, any lead, anything, because 
they don't have access to the in crowd of DC. I don't really care for DC. I really don't. I mean, I don't want to be around those people. But these so-called journalists are prostituting their bodies. You know, in House of Cards, when they say that reporters are prostituting their bodies, that is exactly what they're doing. But here is an individual, a weak-minded individual, who was triggered by a TikToker. There's nothing else to say about that. Harvard cancels feminist talk because she supports sports competition based on biological sex, not gender identity. They're getting rid of women. They are getting rid of women. And men went through this. They were dragged through the mud. They were vilified through the whole Me Too movement. And now we are seeing a similar trend, but now they're attacking women. So all of these so-called feminists... I, you, you guys are, are screwed. So very, very screwed. You thought that you had the media's backing. You thought that you were immune to attacks. And now you're beginning to see that you're being weeded out. That is the reality of the situation. Now, here's an interesting article because I was in the DC area, like in the district, wasn't even aware that this happened. Climate activists have hailed Wine Bruce as a martyr for burning himself alive before the U.S. Supreme Court steps in protest of climate change. You know, it's really sad to know that people will defend an idea so much that they believe it's true. I don't I'm not going to vilify this individual and what he believed in. But climate change is not what we are being told. It is basically a fabricated lie. There are changes in the climate, but we are being told that if we do not do something about climate change, we are all going to die. We are all going to die. So the only way to save humanity is by instituting carbon tax. I I don't know what to say. You know, the guy believed that this was a true thing. And some people are just gone, really gone. U.S. secretaries of state and defense visit Ukraine and pledge $713 million in military aid. So here's a question for all of you. Do you think that $713 million are, would really be going to Ukraine's military. Think about that for a moment. Ukraine was definitely a money laundering vehicle, mechanism, whatever you want to call it. I highly doubt that all that money is going to go towards military aid. So something fishy is going on here. You know that Zelensky doesn't even appear to be a strong leader. He's an actor. He's a comedian. Well, he's probably not an actor. Let's just say he's a comedian. So he's a puppet. So something's going on. But what's even more appalling is that that's our money. Our money. The $700 million is our money. And it's going to foreign nations for their military aid. I'm just waiting for America to stand up and protest, but I don't really know 
what the breaking point is, you guys. I really don't know how much we are going to take this. Okay, let's let's continue with the news. Ukrainian kids are separated from caregivers at the U.S. border. You haven't been hearing a lot of news about what's going on at the border, but there is no border. Absolutely no border. So you have Ukrainians coming through Mexico into the United States. It, it is all a human trafficking operation down there. Volunteers working in Tawana have told the New York Times of at least 50 such cases involving minors. Dozens of Ukrainian kids fleeing the conflict in the country have ended up being separated from their guardians at the U.S. border with Mexico, the New York Times has reported on Tuesday. Volunteers working in Tawana have told the newspaper of at least 50 such cases since the start of the Russian military operation in Ukraine. All of them involved minors who couldn't travel with their parents but were entrusted to older siblings relatives, or friends of the family to make the journey to America. It should become very clear to every adult that the children are are the number one target. Absolutely number one. A transgender Rikers inmate was sentenced to seven years for raping a female prisoner. Let me translate that for you. A man who said he was a woman, then raped a female inmate, who then impregnated, is now being sentenced (laughs) to seven years. I, I have to say it that way because people are so confused. And I'm pretty sure that this so called transgender inmate doesn't even isn't even making an attempt to look like a woman. That's how crazy things are. FCC commissioner criticizes Apple CEO Tim Cook over app store censorship in China. So Cook is basically allowing Apple to censor the Quran, the Bible apps, the Voice of America from its app store in China. So he is essentially appeasing the Communist Party of China. That's what he's doing. And we all know that Apple's in bed with China. But if he can censor apps in China, you know damn well it's coming here to the States. All right, we're almost towards the end. Facebook doesn't know where your data goes, according to a leaked document. I don't know who is still using Facebook. I know people are using Facebook Marketplace, which by all means, do what you need to do. But this is not anything new. Facebook has blatantly violated many, many people's privacies. However, they do give you the terms and the privacy policy. So terms of use and privacy policy. So if you're not reading those, then you're really at at loss here. Just don't use the, the app. If you have the app on your phone, delete it. Especially if you have the newer phones, which I know it's very hard to delete it or disable it. Just just go back a couple generations for your phone. You don't need those apps. You don't even need Facebook. You don't even need Meta, you guys. You don't need Meta. But you are playing with fire if you are still engaging and using Facebook's apps. And they're telling you, they're selling your data all over the web 
to so many different companies all over the world, not just here in the States, all over the world. And finally, we are going to talk about Madison Cawthorn. You see, this is what happens when you try and stand up to the establishment and you have to be ready. You have to be ready for whatever cards they're going to pull out. Now, before I talk about him being cited as trying to board a plane with a loaded gun, which I don't even know if that is true, you know, that they could make up false accusations against you. A couple weeks ago, Madison came out and said that there were several sexapades and he was invited to one. And remember McCarthy coming out and he was very vocal, which made me look at him sideways. Like, why are you talking? You should keep your mouth shut if you are involved with all of this trash that you're doing in D.C. Keep quiet and keep on moving. But McCarthy had to open up his big mouth. Now, it did take the Republican Party a couple weeks to find some dirt on Madison Cawthorn. But they found these pictures of Cawthorn supposedly on a cruise and cross-dressing. You know, the funny thing is, Cawthorn looked like he was under mind control. I don't know. The, the pictures looked a little unusual, a little staged. But I don't know. Cawthorn said, oh, you know, I I was young. Why don't you show your pictures on Twitter? So he, I don't know. It was like a weird response. But it was a very unusual picture. I couldn't tell if it was Madison when he was in a wheelchair or not. It was a very unusual picture. Regardless, I don't think it even made a dent. I don't think people care at this point. And the move was too damn slow. Too freaking slow. I mean, we're dealing with people who are wanting to sleep with kids. Do you think people are going to be shocked by a politician cross-dressing if that was the case? But I guess that wasn't effective or didn't produce the outcome that they were looking for. So now they are just going to harass him or start to print articles of him doing things that he may or may not have done. That's just how politics works. So I don't know what Madison is going to do. Hopefully you guys are not falling for these triple letter agency tricks because their moves are becoming so, so repetitive, redundant, and easy to spot. So don't fall for this. I, I'm just saying what Madison said was absolutely true. That's what happens in D.C. And for some reason, the people in D.C., the establishment, thinks that they could hide behind all of the evil that they're doing in D.C. It's going to come out. And that tells me that they're cowards because they can't even stand in their own shit. They can't even say that, yes, that's what we do. What are you going to do about it? I don't know. I think the day's coming. I think I think the days are coming to an end, you guys. It is. It is. So that's it for me. That's what I wanted to share with you all. A lot to cover. Every week it gets crazier and crazier. But it is very important for you to continue to do research. Pay attention to what's going on. Don't tune out. Tune in. Tune in. But don't believe everything at face value. Heck, I mean, I'm reporting the news here. And I want you guys to do your own research 
Or maybe you trust me enough to know that I'm going to tell you not just what's happening in the world, but my opinion. And I'm not here to program you. I'm not here to convince you. I'm just here to state the facts and then my opinion along the way. And that's just, uh, that's how things are. That's how it goes. So hopefully you guys are going to have a wonderful day, wonderful evening, wonderful afternoon, whatever the time is. Enjoy yourself. It's another day. And I will talk to you in another episode. Bye, guys.